Welcome to episode 15 of the Of Sound Body and Mind podcast with the Bowen Center and Mental Health America of Northeast Indiana. I'm Brooklyn Beatty, heard weekday mornings on 97.3 WMEE. And with me today is special guest Esther Wilcox, who's Director of Clinical Services at the Bowen Center. But before we dive into today's topic, once again, always want to remind you that if you have any questions about the topic or want to learn more, you can text the word Bowen, that's B-O-W-E-N, to 46862. Or you can also visit the Mental Health and Wellness Hub under On Demand on WMEE.com. But today's topic is an exciting one because it's about back to school. Good morning, Esther. Thank you for joining me. Good morning. Thanks for having me. Well, it is the start of a new school year. And of course, some kids are excited. Some are dreading it. And some might even be afraid. So what can parents do to help ease their kids into back to school mode? I think one of the things that can be most helpful is just talking about it. Um, I think a lot of the times if kids are maybe hesitant to go back to school, we kind of treat it like, okay, we just won't talk about it until we really, really have to. But like talking about it and not just talking about what your kiddos dread, but also talking about what are they excited about? What are some things that they're looking forward to? Because pretty much every kid I've ever talked to, can I find at least one thing that they're excited for about school? And helping them identify those things, helping them talk through it, helping them figure out, okay, are there people who can support you if there's something like that's making you nervous? Are there people who can like that you can celebrate with? Just building that conversation to get started, figuring out if there's anything they need before school, because sometimes that happens too. Like we think, oh, they've got it all. They had it all last year. They've got what they need. They're fine. Sometimes yeah. they need something else and they're just they don't know how to ask until it's prompted. And let's face it, coming from personal experience, I think everyone's experienced this. Some kids can be kind of mean. And when you hear your kid has been treated badly by a classmate or maybe they're just upset, what's the best way for a parent to respond to that circumstance? Yeah, so I think that number one is uh, parents, we can validate our kids. We can hear them out, hear what happened all the way through. Because um, I think it's it, a lot of the times that we can be kind of quick to just say, hey, you know, that's not that big of a deal. But in reality, when you're a kid, it feels like the end of the world. Mm-hmm. If somebody just totally trashed your outfit or or maybe picked up a paper off your desk and crumpled it up and threw it at the side of your head, whatever it may be. You know, if when other kids are mean to your kids, letting, letting them have space to talk it through, um, validating that that can't have been a fun experience and asking if there's anything that you can do. Like, And figuring out, is this something where we need to maybe talk to a teacher? Is this something where we need to talk to a principal? Or is this something where we can help our kids learn some skills to advocate for themselves? Like, like asking them, well, what would you, what would you say if somebody did that to you again? Kind of talk it through. That way they're learning how to stand up for themselves as well without having to, you know, like retaliate. Exactly. Well, and that's the case, you know, if your kid's unfortunately being bullied. But what if you find out your kid is the bully? How do you approach that? Yeah, so I think this is always a hard one because we all want to view our kids as the best kid out there. Right. Um, when when you find out that maybe your kid has been the bully, that's usually a signal of maybe like two things. One is that they've probably been bullied themselves. It's pretty rare for a kid to bully other kids if they haven't experienced that at some level themselves. Um, but also it's maybe a sign that they're 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 hurting they're struggling in this moment they're not able to work through something that's going on inside themselves and they're taking it out on other people um, I would say one other thing that goes along with that is helping them stop and think about 
what that consequence is going to have on that other kid, right? Learning some of that social emotional awareness. Um, I know I've, I've encouraged a lot of talking to your kids, but in general, it's good to talk to your kids, even if they don't seem like they're getting it, like getting them started on these conversations, even if they don't get it now, they, it will help them in the right. long term and being able to figure out like, oh, actually when I tripped that kid in the hallway the other day, day that probably hurt their feelings. It probably made them embarrassed. Like being able to work through that and recognize what that would mean if somebody did that to them, kind of reverse engineering it. Right. Helps kids learn how to treat other people well. Kind of in a different direction now, when we're talking about kids being in school and maybe they're dreading it, are there any mental health challenges that are more common in children that they could be facing? Yeah. Um, anxiety is has just been increasing with time. We've noticed there's just this trend across the United States that anxiety is just upticking for our kiddos. Um, and, and along with that anxiety, we also see a lot more of this sort of like sadness or withdrawal that's also paired with usually some lashing out because, because sadness and, and low moods don't quite look the same for kids as they do for adults. Adults, we tend to just really withdraw and just shut off and whatever. And maybe we're used to seeing that a little bit in teens, but like in our younger kiddos, it tends to be a little bit more anger, a little bit more like doing things that they shouldn't be doing. Um, or that maybe we would prefer them not to be doing. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so looking out for that anxiety and some of those like lower moods and some of those like kind of reactive, angry uh, attitudes. Well, how do you know if the problems your child is having are serious and need professional attention or maybe just a conversation between the parents and the child? Yeah, I think that usually it's a pretty good sign if either your kid has just asked you who hey, can I see someone? Because I've known a lot of kids who did ask that. Um, They will, because they're being educated too, right? Whether it's social media or whether it's their peers or their teachers or whomever, their guidance counselor, they might've heard, hey, it's a good idea to ask for help. If your kids ask, it's probably a good idea to help them seek help them seek that help and maybe go with them because Mm -hmm. you'll learn alongside them in that instance. Um, But I think also it's a good indicator if, if your child is, maybe it's impacting their school or it's impacting their relationships with their friend, or you notice that the, it's impacting their relationship with you, that's a good sign that maybe seeking some professional help is a good idea. And what does mental health treatment look like for children? Yeah, so it looks a little bit different depending on the age of a child or maybe the developmental need of a child. Um, but it it usually looks a bit different from what mental health treatment might look like for adults. It can range whether you're doing like therapy or functional skills or you're seeking medication management. Um, But definitely there tends to be a lot more active like kind of play and sort of like trying to get on the child's level from providers. And I think that that can be a little confusing to parents sometimes because it's like, oh, you're just playing games. What are you doing? But in reality, play is how children learn. And that actually extends pretty far along like you know when you're developing abstract thought between like 12 and 15 you know then then that's where we can really just start having some talk working it through things that way but when you're a little bit younger your brain doesn't quite work that way and you learn through doing a lot more and so being able to play and interact with things in a fun way actually helps solidify a lot of what's being learned more quickly Interesting. I never knew that. Yeah. So some parents, though, could be hesitant to get their child help for fear of what may be revealed. Uh, What do you say about that? 
I think that that's one of the number one reasons why parents don't bring their kids in for therapy. I'm um, sure. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, I think that it's, it's scary, right? Because every parent is trying their hardest. And, and when you're trying your hardest, but you, something feels off, I think a lot of parents have a lot of guilt. They kind of internalize that and say, I did something wrong. Um, and I think it's really hard then to push through that to say, okay, even if even if I did do something wrong, or maybe I didn't, and it's unrelated to me entirely, it's it's hard to push through and say, okay, I'm going to get my kid help anyway. Um, but I think that that's part of one of, it's like one of the kindest things you can do for your child, right? At that point, even if you are feeling some kind of way, or you're like, you're scared that all the skeletons are going to come out of the closet because nobody's perfect. Everyone makes mistakes and life is hard. Um, even if you're afraid of that, getting your kids support and help. I, I like to encourage parents to think about what, how is this going to impact your child 10, 15 years from now? You know, when they're an adult and they're trying to navigate their life, how is this going to influence them if you got them help now when they really needed it versus maybe put it off or didn't ever help them get help? And then they have to unpack it all as they're older, yeah, too. It's a lot harder when you're older. If right. you can work on it now rather than later, let's do it. Well, we've talked a lot about you know young kids, but if parents notice maybe their outgoing teen is starting mm-hmm. to isolate themselves from maybe their friends or their family, what advice do you have for parents of teens specifically? Yeah, um, I would say... Even though it often doesn't work initially, start start talking. Start talking with your teen because teenagers are able to kind of think through. Um, I think a challenge here is that a lot of our teens are very connected to their devices, not, not slamming devices in any capacity. But um, a lot of our teens, they live their social lives through their devices a lot of the time. And so it can be kind of hard to tell anymore if they're connected with their peers their family whatever and teens are a little sometimes a little bit surly anyway I know I was a surly teen we all were right (laughs) so I think it's it can be hard to tell but if you're noticing a big difference in behavior that's a great time to start asking just normalize the asking the hey how are you doing today what was something good that happened today? Anything bad that happened today? Um, is there anything you'd like to do this afternoon? Starting to ask those kinds of questions and things like that, although it can seem like a big give sometimes, it's one of those things that gives you a picture of, is my child doing well? Are they willing to open up to me? Or is this something where maybe if everything is a, I don't know, no, whatever, leave me alone, like, and that's not normal, that's probably an indicator that something has genuinely happened or changed that they could use some extra support with. And then when it gets to that point, being able to say, hey, I've noticed this, this, and this has changed for you. Would you be interested in going to talk to someone about that? Um, Because if you offer it, even if they don't take it, that opens the door, right? That opens the door that somebody has noticed somebody cares deeply about them and something we absolutely know about teens who are experiencing any rela- mental health related concerns is that a a protective factor is people who are noticing and actively caring about them well the whole topic for this episode today has been about back to school so just to wrap things up what are some of the best ways to just set your child up for success going into this new school year i would say um I think that it's an interesting thing because school is such a it's a such a learning environment in in not just knowledge, but also in experience like it's that social contact piece. Um, 
help your child know and identify what things they're excited for, what their goals are for this year. And I say setting goals because like kids don't really think in that way initially, but a goal for a five-year-old might look like, I wanna make a friend this year, or I wanna have fun in my classes, or I want my teacher to like me. And that's good, that's yeah. a goal, but helping your kid know, you know, this is what I'm trying to do. Um, that way, if they run into harder spots where they're struggling, they're having a hard time, you can help remind them of their goal. You can help them remind them of what they were trying to do this year. It works really well with teenagers. You know, their goal is to maybe learn how to drive at the end of the year. And you know that they, they need to do X, Y, and Z before they get there. And they're struggling along the way helping them connect hey if you're if you're working on keeping track and organization of your of your studies that's going to help you with prepping for your driving exam or something like that you know helping them connect the pieces can be really helpful um helping them get pumped and excited about what's good and also just validating what's not so good because school is hard school is very taxing on kids um but i would say more than anything else when kids need a break like they need they need to like kind of decompress at the end of the day let them let -hmm. them do that even if it's just for a little while 20 minutes is a good amount of time to at least get back to ground zero um that way they can you know maybe hang out with the family for the rest of the evening or or whatever it may be do homework (laughs) well once again i'm speaking with esther wilcox director of clinical services at the bowen center about back to school and before we wrap up this episode is there anything else you want to add that i may have not asked you about Oh, um, no, not really. But one thing that I always encourage every family for is have fun with your kids. Like school is a really hard time of the year as much as there are highs and lows, but find little pockets of time, plan them out, just times to have fun. Even if it's just going to a park or going to see something free in the community, like we have all kinds of things going on all times of the year. Um, plan some fun things because life is challenging when you're in school and it can feel like it can we can get in these rhythms with our kids where it's like oh we'll do this do that do the other thing and we kind of forget to have fun in the mix so have fun with your kids fun is so important yeah well if you have any questions about today's topic or want to learn more don't forget you can text the word bowen that's b-o-w-e-n to 46862 you can also visit the mental health and wellness hub under on demand on wmee.com